Welcome to the Shakeout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Van Buskirk. Each week, Canadian running staff writer Maddie Kelly and I bring you the news, results, and drama from the exciting world of running. This is The Rundown. Maddie, may the 4th be with you. Oh yeah, happy Star Wars Day, Kate. Thank you. I am not a Star Wars geek at all, but I I always try to remember May the 4th because I think it's fun. And do you know what tomorrow is? Another fun day. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, baby. I've never bought um, a liqueur in my life, but this weekend I bought Grand Marnier to make myself a Cinco de Mayo margarita. Really? I don't think I've ever... I've certainly never purchased Grand Marnier. I don't think I've ever purchased a liqueur either. I didn't know that you needed that for margaritas. Yes, because I found this out because I tried to make a margarita a few weeks ago and the internet was like, just swap orange juice. It's the same. It's not the same. So I'm now a proud owner of a tiny little bottle of Grand Marnier. Well, you'll have to give us an update on how the uh, how the Senco de Mayo margarita turns out. I don't have a cocktail shaker either so i'm gonna have to use a tupperware but whatever that works same diff you know it's it's the it's the poor woman's cocktail shaker yeah it's a creative woman's cocktail shaker there you go it's budget (laughs) well enjoy that um how's running been running has been good actually running was running was not good for a few days i had a bit of a diaphragm issue which i've never had before it's just, I think, some tightness from my hip just kind of migrated up to the abdominal region. Mm. and uh, But that's all been sorted out. And I went for – I did a pain-free workout today, which I was very happy with. Congratulations. That's Thank always you. so relieving. How has your running been? It's been great. So for those not in southern Ontario, it was 21 degrees yesterday, which was such a treat after this long, cold – very slow spring that we've had. Um, and then today it's back to like a high of eight. So that was a bit of a tease, but I'll take it. It was lovely at the time. I spent most of my day outside yesterday. Um, and running's been, running's been quite enjoyable. It's really hard to avoid people though. I will say, um, Mm -hmm. especially on those really hot days. Uh, it was lovely. It was lovely seeing the world and the flowers and the people all coming out yesterday, but, uh, definitely not the best for, for trying to social distance. That is the tricky the tricky part about the nice weather is it's just a little bit less enticing to go outside when you when it's you know sort of gray but right. when, when we get those sweet tastes of summer it's yeah very hard to stay indoors yeah you want to capitalize on it anyway that shouldn't be a problem for the next two weeks because it looks like it's going to be early March temperatures again so I'll be back to uh, more solo running. So we have an interesting episode today. We are going to start the way we usually do with a few pieces of news from the running world. And then we've got a really fun conversation planned all about uh, taking a look at longstanding Canadian track and road records and talking about who we think could possibly break them. Like records that have just stood for too long that need to go down and current track and field and road athletes who are poised to sort of take a run at those whenever the world opens up again. 
So I'm really excited for that. There's a lot of them. I I didn't realize until I went through how many of these records go back to like the 90s and even the 80s in some cases. They need to fall. They got to go. They got to go. So lots to look forward to. But let's start with some news from the world of running. Do you want to take it away, Maddie? So this week we found out that there were three provisional anti-doping suspensions handed out for whereabouts failure. So uh, this isn't like a first first offense you're out situations. It's a three strikes you're out. And as we saw with the Christian Coleman case earlier this year, many professional athletes spoke out and said, if you are failing whereabouts three times and I believe a 12-month period. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, three times in a 12-month period, you're you're cheating is I think I'm paraphrasing, but that was the gist of what runners, you know, Jenny Simpson was one who was extremely vocal. So people people were saying that someone who fails whereabouts consistently is someone who they would be suspicious of for mm-hmm. doping. So those people are um, Kenyan Alex Corio. He's a 58-51 half marathoner, one of Kipchoge's pacers for the Ineos Challenge that took place last October. American 200-meter specialist Gabby Thomas and Deja Stevens. Thomas released a statement saying that at least one of the missed tests is not valid. So they'll have the right, you know, to appeal like everyone does. Um, But right now when um, anti-doping is so scarce to begin with, a whereabouts failure does not look good. So that's what I was going to ask. Do you know, did, did they release any information about when these tests were missed? So I don't know. I don't know that. But I know that like people like Athletics Canada still sent out and, you know, our anti-doping agency still said like, fill out your whereabouts, be prepared to be tested. It'll be significantly less than usual, but this is still a requirement of you. You remain in the biological passport testing pool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So of course, like like you said, over the last couple of weeks, there has been a huge decrease in global anti-doping efforts just because it's not reasonable for people to be go collecting bodily fluids. Um, but as you also mentioned, countries that do have the resources to do that continue to test. And obviously the US is one of them. Kenya also unfortunately has a long history of doping offenses. So I think their anti-doping system is trying to do all they can to catch folks as well. And like you said, you have I, I guess you can miss two tests within that 12-month period without any penalization. And that third one is where it's considered the equivalent of uh, an anti-doping infraction because they aren't able to test you in the hour of the day where they where you say you're going to be where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. So it is a challenge to keep on top of all this stuff. But especially right now, people should know where they're going to be at pretty much all hours of the day. Well, I hope it's at home. <laughs> You know, (laughs) most places it's kind of required of you. So it'll be curious to see what happens and if there are any appeals. As you mentioned, it sounds like Gabby Thomas is looking to clear her name from this, but uh, it's pretty cut and dry most of the time. You either were where you you either were at your location that you were supposed to be or you weren't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it sounds like in this case they weren't. So that's unfortunate. But as always, we are very appreciative of all global anti-doping efforts to try to keep our sport as clean as possible. We also learned this week that the Calgary Marathon is going to be held virtually this year. So listeners might remember that we interviewed Kirsten Fleming, the race director of the Run Calgary series and the Calgary Marathon a few weeks ago. And 
so the the Calgary Marathon weekend was originally scheduled for the end of this month, May 31st. It was then postponed until the fall. But now with all the uncertainty of what's even going to happen, you know, a few months from now, the whole race weekend, and in fact, the whole Run Calgary series is going virtual. So folks will have the opportunity to do the virtual Calgary Marathon anytime between May 31st and September 27th, or they can defer their entry to any of the next three years. And that is just one of a whole host of races that have gone virtual. And if you want to see a running list of virtual races you can participate in, uh, we actually have an article that we're updating consistently called the 2020 Virtual Race Calendar. So if you're looking for some inspiration, you can check there. So Lazarus Lake, who is the uh, creative genius behind the Barkley Marathons, has a new virtual race, which started on Friday. And this race will virtually span the length across Tennessee. So it's just over a thousand kilometers with the option to double back and do 2000 because why wouldn't you? And it already has, so I last checked on Friday, it's got over 10,000 entrants, which is bigger than UTMB, which to my knowledge is the largest trail race event in the world. Holy smokes. Yeah. So people are like the lore of Laz is totally a thing. And I think people want to participate in a Lazarus Lake production. And this is their chance. And people are very excited about it. So to in order to complete the 1,000 kilometers, because it's open until August, so you have to run 8K every day. You have to average 8K every day. And so if you're doing the double back, you have to average 16K every day. Ooh, which is not a small commitment. No, it is not. I know a lot of marathoners who don't average 16K a day. Yeah. So kudos to everyone participating in the great virtual road race across Tennessee, whether you're doing just the 1,000K or, you know, the real race of 2,000K. <laughs> Congrats to everyone participating. And if you are a listener and you are participating in this event, send us some updates. Let us know how it's going because that's a lot of mileage to cover. And our last piece of news, which is a very good news story, Shalane Flanagan and her husband adopted a baby boy. Jack Dean Edwards was born April 28th, and it is Shalane and her husband's first child. And he is a cutie. If you follow Shalane on Instagram or Twitter, which I highly recommend, um, in addition to all of her amazing recipes, she also has a ton of new baby pictures that she's posted and they're so sweet. So congratulations to Shalane and her husband and their new child, because that is so exciting. So moving on to our second segment of this episode, we, Maddie and I have been talking for quite a while about all of the different records you know, we've seen a rewriting of the record books in many different ways, particularly, for instance, on the women's long distance roadside, um, the, you know, the records that stood for, you know, over 20 years, many of them have fallen, which is so exciting. But that gave us pause to look back through all of the Canadian track and field and road records from 100 meters all the way up to the marathon. And what we discovered is that there are just way too many records that have stood for way too long, and it's time for someone to take them down. So we've put together a list of the records that we think need to be broken, and we've got some top picks for who we think can do it. So we'll get right into it, starting with the sprints. So the first record we would like to talk about is the men's 100 meter, which is actually co-owned 
by Donovan Bailey and Bruni Surin at 9.84. And Bailey ran it in 1996 and Surin tied it in 1999. So Kate, who do you think could beat this record? Who's your top pick, your number one choice? Well, I know it's a bit of an easy one, but I got to go with Andre de Grasse. It's a bit obvious, but uh, he's probably my top pick. He obviously, you know, he's one of Canada's most decorated sprinters. He holds the current Canadian 200 meter record. Uh, He's one of only four men, including the two who own the record to ever have broken 10 seconds in this country. Uh, And he did that in Doha in 2019. So not that long ago, he ran 9.90. He's, you know, a highly decorated Olympian. He's actually our cover boy of the most recent issue of Canadian Running Magazine. So you can check him out there and learn a little bit more about him through his 10 questions that we asked. Uh, But yeah, I'd say Andre probably on paper has the strongest chance currently of bringing down that record. But there's a few other nipping at his heels. But I would say exactly. Don't forget about Aaron Brown. Aaron Brown has beaten DeGrasse head-to-head. He had a killer 2019. He has a PB of 9.96. It's the fourth fastest time by a Canadian. And so, yes, is Andre the most likely choice? Probably. But I wouldn't count out Aaron Brown. Well, and these two have such a fantastic rivalry. If anyone tuned into the Canadian Track Championships uh, last summer, Aaron beat Andre by three thousandths of a second in the men's hundred meter final at nationals. This was billed as the, one of the like most exciting head to head races in Canadian sprint history, and I think it delivered. There was replay after replay after replay to determine who had won, and it's so fun watching these two race each other. But I'm going to throw out one more name as my dark horse pick, and that's Gavin Smelly. So he's run a bit in the shadow of the other two, but he's an incredibly strong performer. He's got international experience. He has the fifth fastest Canadian time ever of 10.01, painstakingly close to that sub 10 barrier. And I think he, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, pull up his bootstraps and come up with these other two as well. Entirely possible. And you know, we love a dark horse. We love those storylines. Moving on to the men's 400 meter. This record goes back to 2005. It's held by Tyler Christopher. It's a great time, 44.44. He was an incredible athlete. Unfortunately, Maddie, since that time, we really haven't had a strong contingency of male 400 meter runners. With the exception of Miles Meisner Daly, who obviously is a child still. But he owns so many officer records. He's broken the Canadian U-20 record. He's currently on a scholarship uh, to UCLA. He's regularly, as a teenager, been ranked in the top two to three Canadian 400-meter runners with like men who are, you know, eight to 10 years his senior. So if Miles, you know, stays injury-free and has good guidance, he could absolutely be the one to do it. It wouldn't be for a couple of years, but it's possible. Right. And in fact, it's funny because he doesn't even show up on our uh, senior rankings because he's not been a senior when he's run as fast <laughs> as he has. Uh, so he he seems like, a, like he's been left off that list. But as you said, as he gets older, um, the potential seems unlimited there. The other one I will say is Philip Osai. He's been around a little longer, um, but he's got the third fastest Canadian senior time ever, 45-23. And he's also got a ton of international experience. He's been on the scene for over a decade internationally. And fun thing about Philip is that he should be leading our 
mixed four by 400 meter relay team, which is an event that will debut at the Olympics next summer, which would be really fun to see because he is, you know, combined with our female 400 meter runners, I think we could have a remarkable team in that event. Moving on to the ladies, the women's 100 meter record is held by Angela Bailey at 10.98 Wonelli from 1987. That's the year I was born, Maddie. <laughs> I was but a thought. <laughs> well, you know who else were but thoughts? All of the women who could potentially break it. Yeah. We're not alive yet when this record was set. It needs to go down. So looking at who could beat it, I think realistically, we're talking Crystal Emanuel or Kamika Bingham. However, Kamika's kind of been off the scene for a couple years. Yeah. So she was a 2016 Olympian anchoring our 4 by 100 meter relay team to a sixth place finish in Rio. And the exciting thing about that is that's the first time that Team Canada in the women's 4 by one has made a final in the Olympics since 1984. So she was definitely part of this squad of, again, we've talked about how well Canada develops their sprinters. She has the wheels, but yeah, to your point, we haven't seen her be as dominant lately. Obviously, Crystal Emmanuel is on fire. She's got the fourth fastest Canadian time ever. Multiple time Olympian holds the Canadian 200 meter record. So she's kind of similar to uh, Andre a little bit in that sense. And then... A dark horse pick is Leia Buchanan, who's significantly younger than the other two women. And her PB isn't that far behind Kamika, only only four hundredths of a second, which I know in the 100 meter is still significant, but, you know, a surmountable distance. But I would say the most impressive thing about Buchanan is that for the last three years, she's actually finished second behind Crystal at our Canadian championships in this event. So she's been nipping at Crystal's heels for a while and her consistency is impressive. So between the three of them, I think we're going to see it go down at some point in the next couple of years. So the women's 400 meter record is co-owned by two women as well. Also going back to the eighties, Marta Payne Wiggins ran 4991 in 1984. And Jillian Richardson ran that exact same time, 4991 in 1988. And those are the only two Canadian women to have ever broken 50 seconds in this event. So impressive. That's so fast. It's so fast. Honestly, it's fine that this record hasn't been broken. That's a that's a bananas woman's time. So we should have sort of prefaced all of this by saying that when we say that these records need to go down, it's not because they're soft. It's just because they've been around for so long. This record is actually super not soft. No, none of these are. And part of the reason that they've been around for so long is because they are so fast. So certainly don't, no disrespect to the current record holders. We just think it's time for a changing of the guard. We'd like to see someone come up and capture our, our imaginations again. So in terms of women who could beat it, Carlene Muir is probably one of the favorites whose PB is the closest. It is from 2016, but she's been on the scene a long time. On the 2008 Canadian Olympic team, she was the youngest athlete um, from our country. And I remember the first time I watched Carlene run because she was the anchor of Alberta's 4x4 team. And we were leading by, oh, I don't know, like... 50 meters, maybe more. <laughs> she didn't catch our anchor. She came so close. She made up almost a quarter of the race distance. Like it was in like watching her run was bananas. She's so talented. 
makes everyone else look like they're standing still. Literally. Like you should not be able to make up that much over the course of 400 meters against a talented runner. Right. So like you said, Carlene's been around for a long time. I know that like every runner who's been on the scene for, you know, over a decade, she has been through some injury setbacks. Um, She's my age, so she's going to be 33 this year, you know, a little bit going towards the more mature end if you're uh, a sprinter. But we have a whole slew of young women coming up behind her who could also get after this record, especially because they're just coming out of their like collegiate or developmental stages. Yeah. And those women are names you've heard like uh, Madeline Price, Ayanna Stavern, Kyra Constantine. And a dark horse pick for this record would be Canadian 400-meter hurdle record holder, Sage Watson, who's ranked ninth all-time. As she is a hurdler, she doesn't run flat 400s very often, but I think if she gave it a little bit of thought, she might be able to get close. Oh yeah, she's definitely got the wheels for it. Moving on to our mid-distance events. This one, I've, we've, I've sort of combined two events here because they are so similar and they are held by the same person from the same year. So we're talking about the men's 1500 meter and one mile, uh, which are only 109 meters apart from each other. Uh, Kevin Sullivan holds them both. The great Kevin Sullivan, arguably one of the best mid-distance runners of all time in Canada. He set the 1500 meter record of 331 and the mile record of 350 both in the year 2000. And those are blazing times. Like we said with others, I'm not surprised these haven't been touched. It's so impressive. And honestly, this record um, is going to take, you know, the male equivalent of Gabriella to come and get it. They're super, super impressive marks and not ones that will be taken down easily. Ones that are hardly run at, by anyone within a season. Yeah. Like we go many years where you don't have, you might have a handful of men break 331 in the world. Well, it's like Melissa Bishop's 800 record. That's going to stand there forever. Right. <laughs> like who runs 157 flat? You know, it's Melissa like, Bishop. Exactly. It's like a once in a generation kind of runner. So. Well, surely you don't believe that, Maddie being an 800 meter runner yourself. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm 157 material. I think I got 159 in me, but you know, after that, it's such a, you need like a little bit of fairy dust and the perfect day and the perfect circumstance. It just gets so hard is what I'm saying. To run this fast gets so, so hard. So, And that's a good point is that you need to have the perfect opportunity for it to happen. You don't only, not only do you have to be in that kind of shape, you have to get that like magical race where it all comes together. And that's often harder than getting fit. Oh, exactly. You, how many people, how many times have you heard people say like, I'm in X shape, you know, but their yep. PB is nowhere near it. I'm guilty of it. I've said it. Until you've done it, you're not in shape for it. Exactly. And, and, and that is the hardest part of the game we play is actually putting the time on paper. Well, speaking of who do you think could possibly have a shot at these ridiculously fast 1500 meter and mile records. Well, there's really, there's, there's two right now who come to mind and that's Charles, Philibert Thibodeau and Justin Knight. And Charles has had a real slew of setbacks in the past few years, but he does have a PB of 334 from 2015, which is ranks him the fourth fastest Canadian of all time. He's an Olympic semifinalist. Um, and so if he can get back into his old form, you know, on the right day, it's possible. Yeah. Justin, however, a little bit younger, a PB that's slower at 336 flat, 
but that's still the seventh fastest time by a Canadian. And he's focusing more on the 5,000 meter right now. But if he decided to change his focus, I think that PB would drop quite quickly. I completely agree. And I think that both of those men could also get after that mile record. But again, it's not an event that's run outdoors all that often. So once again, the opportunities aren't there as frequently. And I think it's run, you know, it's run a lot in the States, but outside of that, you might get the odd diamond league where they have it, but for the most part, you're running a 1500. So yeah, you've got to be fit on the day, perfect weather, perfect competition and have the distance available to you to race. But I would say again, Charles has the fifth fastest all-time mile at 354. And he also ran it in Oslo where Kevin Sullivan set his record back uh, 20 years ago. There's something about Oslo. Moving on to our women's mid-distance, starting with an event that you are quite fond of, Maddie, the 1,000 meter. I am fond of the 1,000 meter, Kate. So it's owned by Deanne Cummins at 234.14. It was set in 2002. And uh, I think there are a bunch of people who could run this time. Who's your top? Who's my t- Obviously, Gabriella. If Gabriella decided to take a crack at this, she could do it. Really? You would put Gabriella over Melissa Bishop? Over a K? Yes. Over a 600? No way. Okay. Um, I think that 200 meters makes a difference. Oh, for sure it does. Yeah. I I might even put like Jenna also. Like Jenna runs a killer 15. D- Jenna's a possibility. Absolutely. Jenna's run 406 high. That's right. Yeah. So I would I would say Gabriella or Jenna just because um I feel like Lindsay and Melissa come a little bit more from the speed end to the eight. That's fair. And how about yourself, Maddie? Because there are three of you, Jenna Westaway, yourself, and Lindsay Butterworth. You all have run two thirty-seven and change indoors, which mm-hmm. is actually faster than Melissa's outdoor PB. Um, and all three of those are ahead of Deanne Cummins' former indoor record. So if that's any indication that you could beat that studs record indoors, maybe there's a chance of doing it outdoors. I have, uh, I have had serious discussions about taking a run at this record because I, I love the K. I think it's so fun. It's just a touch more aerobic than the eight. But yeah, I mean, if I went, you know, like head to head with all of these women, do I come out on top? Not necessarily. Far from it. But I I think, let's put it this way. If I raced these ladies you listed, do I win? No. But do I think that I'm capable of breaking this record? Yes. Well, my dream is that we get an opportunity to see all of Canada's best mid-distance runners come together and try to all break this record at once in the thousand this summer. Oh, yeah. And like, that's the thing. If I ran this time, I don't care who beats me. Like, I'm just so happy to see, you know, that next to next to my name. Another record that needs to go down is the women's 3000 meter set in 1994 in Victoria, BC by the stunning Angela Chalmers. This woman has been all over the Canadian record books. She ran 832 for 3000 meters outdoors, which is blazing fast, not out of reach, particularly for Gabriella Stafford. So Ms. Gabriella debut Stafford only has a personal best of 845 in this event. But this is in no way indicative of her potential because if you were to break down her Canadian 5,000 meter record of 1444, if you were to run that 1444 evenly paced, 
she would have gone through 3,000 meters in 8.50, which is only five seconds slower than her personal best over that distance, and then had to keep going for two more K. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. She wants this. It's hers. It's that simple. But that's kind of, with the exception of the 15, which eluded her a little bit, that's sort of been the case for all of her records. Like Lynn Williams' record. It took her a minute to run. She she had to give that a couple tries. Oh, Whereas yeah. like the 5,000 record in Stockholm, she just like showed up in her first ever 5,000 outdoors and ran it. <laughs> yeah, by over 10 seconds. Yeah. So Lynn's, rec- Lynn's record was really impressive though. But yes, I think if Gabriella, if Gabriella wants this, it's hers. Moving on to the roads, we are going to start with, so both the women's and men's 5K road records were set in Carlsbad, California. Carlsbad is notoriously one of the deepest, most competitive road 5Ks in the world, and it shows in our record books. So Paul Williams holds the men's record at 1336, going back to 1986. And I think there are a couple guys that could get after this one if they wanted to. And again, Justin Knight and Ben Flanagan are two who are absolutely favorites. This is their primary race for both of them on the track. And I think there's there's totally a way that they could, on the right day, run this time. Absolutely. Their PBs set them at third and fourth all time on the roads. They're both really good track runners. They both have you know good experience on the roads and they're both so young. So there's lots of time for these guys to develop and uh, yeah, put them in the right race. And in fact, both of their PBs are from racing head to head in Boston in 2019. They love racing together. They've trained together. I would love to see them key off of each other in a race trying to get after that time. 100%. On the women's side, Emily Mondor holds the Canadian record at 15-16. 15-16 on the road. Nothing to shake a stick at. That's very impressive. That's my track PB, and I'm pretty darn proud of that. I can't imagine running that on a legal course on the road. Yeah, super impressive. That being said, there are some Canadians who could totally, totally take a stab at that. It could be Gabriella. It could be Jess O'Connell, who has a track PB of 1506. It could be Andrea Sakafian, who's the new Canadian half marathon record holder, has a track PB of 1459, just squeaked under there at the 2019 World Championships. Um, and then it could be, honestly, I think there's like six or seven women who could do, could do this, like Melindy in theory, if she like put her mind to it, I think could do it. Yeah, there's a handful of people who could totally tackle this record. So this is where it gets really exciting for me, particularly on the women's road, because like you said, I think in events ranging from basically every road distance, 5K up to the marathon, there are a handful of women, literally at least five women in each of those events who over the next few years could take this record down multiple times, take these records down multiple times. And I'm so excited to watch it happen. I think Melindy could be slotted into the 5K, the 10K, the half. Obviously, she already holds the full and that's true of all the other women that we mentioned. Yeah. So let's, you know, going forward on the road, Melindy's eligible for any record. <laughs> right. Not that anyone isn't, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. With the men's 10K on the road, it's held by Paul McCloy in 28-17 from 1987. And who could beat it? Mohamed, obviously. Obviously. Will Mo ever try running a 10K on the road? Probably one day. I doubt it's on his, on his radar right now. You know, Jerry, his coach, Jerry Schumacher, seems like a real get down to biz kind of guy. I don't think they're really about quote unquote fun races. 
And Mo seems like he's pretty much just got track goggles. Yeah. But yeah, right now he's trying to win Olympic gold. So I, I understand the steadfast focus. Cam Levins is another possibility. And then there's also Ben Preisner or Roy Linkletter, sort of like the next generation of the Canadian men of the road who have both run super strong halves and now both run really strong fulls as well. And that's the exciting thing here is that we have some men on the road who have amazing range right now, Mm -hmm. who run really fast 10Ks, really fast 5Ks, can run pretty quick 3Ks. I mean, Cam's a mid 330s 1500 runner from back in the day, like there's some really good range here. And that's what you need to be able to be really excellent at these sort of mid, mid long distance, I'll call them like the five and the 10 K on the women's side on the 10 K we've talked about her already. Lynn Williams in 1989 ran 3144 so fast. Um, And I got to give the top pick to her current athlete, Natasha Wodak, who of course holds the Canadian track 10,000 meter record of 3141, just three seconds under her coach's road time. Um, And she's also got a sub 32 minute road PB. So she is well on her way to breaking that record. 100%. And Natasha had an amazing 2019. I know from talking to her that she didn't have the world championships she was hoping, but um, in terms of like a year overall, it was, it was pretty killer. So if she can carry that momentum with her into, you know, sort of like late 2020, early 2021, it's absolutely a possibility. Oh, for sure. And she's great on the roads. She's one of those people who's multi-talented as well on track and road. So I think it could totally happen. But there, again, is like a whole list of other women who are coming up after her who could do it as well. We've mentioned them already, but Andrea Sakafian, Jess O'Connell, of course, Rachel Cliff, who has talk about range. She's a 1525K runner and she was the former Canadian marathon record holder. Melinda Elmore, don't count her out. And I know that she's had some injury setbacks, but if Lanny Marchant can get back to full health, she's actually second all time on that road 10K list at 3149. So she's got a shot as well. On to the men's half marathon, Jeff Schiebler from 1999. His time is 101.28. And again, I think there is a whole group of guys who could run this. I would love to see it go by a significant margin. I think like having a Canadian men's half marathon record of like, you know, an hour, that sounds great. It sure does. That would be so exciting. And it's totally within the realm of possibility. So I think there are a number of people who could beat it. Rory Linkletter's gotten the closest. Um, he ran a 101.44 in Houston this year, which is the second fastest time by a Canadian. And he's still very young. Houston was actually the first time he had ever run a half because in very backwards, upside down fashion, he ran a full before he ran a half. Other options, again, Cam Levins has gotten close. Evan Esselink has gotten close. Ben Preisner has gotten close, running a 102.57 in January before running his marathon debut solo during COVID-19 when he hit 2.15 on a 5K out and back course with his girlfriend on a bike. So I think that's an extremely promising debut. Anyway, there's, and then, and then, you know, there's, we haven't even said Trevor Hoffbauer yet. Like there is like, there is a crop of men's roadrunners who I don't think are there quite yet, but very well could be in the next couple of years. 
So I think the men in Canada on the roads are just a few years behind the women. It took a while for us to have this like incredible depth that we have now of our women's roadrunners. And they're all, you know, in their, for the most part, in their 30s and even into their 40s. And we've got these young guys who are maybe, you know, five to eight years younger who are just coming up behind them. And we're going to see that next wave push through. And I think we're going to see what happened on the women's side. Like you said, Maddie, I think that record's going to go down. And then I think it's going to become a battle royale where multiple men start breaking it back and forth. Well, look at the women's half this year. Exactly. You know, like it was just like Rachel, then Rachel again, then Natasha, then Andrea, like all in the space of a few months. Yeah. What was it? Four times in seven weeks? It was, yeah, something like that. This is what we see. And I think this is what we need to remind ourselves of when we talk about records is that they seem untouchable until someone does it. And then all of a sudden we see this pattern where it happens once And then, you know, maybe it hasn't been broken in 20 or 30 years. We saw this with both the men's and the women's marathon records in Canada. You know, before Lanny broke it in 2013, that record stood for 28 years. Um, And same with the men's, you know, we, when Cam took it down, it had been over 30 years that that record had stood. And then the next year, Trevor comes back and crowns it for himself. So I really think that we're going to start seeing these, these records plummet um, quickly and fiercely, which is something we all want. I love me a good Canadian record. Fun time to be part of the Canadian running scene. So again, unfortunately, no one will be able to hit an Olympic qualifying standard that counts this summer. But of course, that does not preclude anyone from getting after national records. So with a little bit less on the line this summer, this could be the perfect opportunity, especially as we said, with some of those off distance records. Stay tuned because I think it's going to be an exciting several months. Maddie, other than your um, Psycho de Mayo cocktail, do you have any recipes for us this week? I just uh, made a uh, an orzo sort of like Greek salad. Oh, that sounds delicious. And you can like just put a ton of vegetables in it, heavy on the feta cheese, heavy on like the lemon oil vinegar. And I've just had it in the fridge, you know, over the past few days. And it's the best lunch. Because you just, you know, if, you're, if your veggies are getting a little low, you just pat it with, with a little bit of spinach and cucumber and olives. And then, uh, you know, a little protein on the side and Bob's your uncle. So orzo Greek pasta salad. That's my recommendation for this week. And a margarita with Grand Marnier. Perfect. I love it. Well, listeners, if you want to share any of your recipes and or running tips, as always, feel free to reach out to us through our social channels. Keep checking back to runningmagazine.ca. Like Maddie said, they are co- our lovely web editors are constantly updating all of the list of race postponements and virtual races that you can jump into to stay motivated and excited. Um, and we're just doing as much as we can to provide content to keep everyone inspired for whatever may come down the road, literally and figuratively. <laughs> For your week in review, I'm Maddie. And I'm Kate. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.